I think we as families need to claim our spot in the church. We have every right to come before the Lord, even if it isn't how others there might want us to come before the Lord. And that requires a little bit of patience and mercy and forgiveness and, and working out the the nuts and bolts of all of that, like how that looks in the parish to be able to make that opportunity for families to come as they are before the Lord. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us, striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. And I'm Rocky McCormick, your other co-host. Pull up a chair, grab your favorite beverage, or fold the laundry if you must. (laughs) But join us as we talk, laugh, and sometimes cry about our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God within our everyday lives. Today, we're going to be talking about the Epiphany. And one of the traditions I love is the house blessing, where we chalk the inscription and prayer over our doors and bless our homes for the year. And we're supposed to do that every Epiphany, Rocky? Um, yeah, so true confession that my son reminds me of, of regularly. We um, we forgot to bless our home last year. <gasps> Same! I know! Shame! Shame! I got all the packets prepped, so this is what I do for part of what I do for the parish. I, I make the Epiphany packets <laughs> you to send out. home blessed chalk, the prayer, the card, everything to send home with all of our families. And I handed them out. They were all made. I have our packet. I got Father scheduled and over to the school to bless all those rooms. But our house? Well, we're still partying like it's 2021. <laughs> I... I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> we are in the exact same boat. Um, we actually have like little chalkboards hanging over our doors that oh, we nice. write it on nice. because the kids didn't like they couldn't see the house uh. blessing. Um, and ours still say it's 2021 as well. And actually, like probably once a month since 2022 mm-hmm. started, mm-hmm. my kids would be like, "Mom, are we going to bless the house? Mm-hmm. Mom, are we going to bless the house? Mom, mm-hmm. you should Mom. call Father Mom. and have him come over and bless the house." Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And now we're in 2023. Here we are. Happy Epiphany. Happy Epiphany. It was just one big long year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not wrong. Like it has kind of felt like a never-ending year. We don't know what day it is. Why should we know what what year it is? <laughs> So, speaking of trying to remember what day oh, no. <laughs> or year it is, let's get liturgical for a minute. All right. So, in the liturgical year, this Sunday is the arrival mm-hmm. of the Magi to meeting the sweet baby Jesus. Or Epiphany, if you will. And we all know that the church is still decorated. There's still lights. If your pastor's into incense, that's still happening. Everything is still very lit up and feeling very Christmassy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm sure there are some of us out there who take down the decorations and put the tree away on December 26th. But the church is still in celebration mode. So I was thinking that today would be a really good day to talk about how we can try to keep that Christmas spirit going. Even mm-hmm. if you're the kind of person to put your tree away on the 26th, I understand. Fair Fair but enough. like, how do we keep that spirit going? And then also, what does it mean when we when we start looking for those little epiphanies mm. in our everyday lives? Mm-hmm. So, Rocky, yeah, what's up at your house? Is your tree still hanging oh, out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We keep our tree up until like February 2nd with the presentation of the Lord, or maybe a few weeks longer than that because we're just so busy or tired that we haven't gotten it put away. We like to keep the Christmas spirit going all 
of February sometimes. Until February. But yeah, the Christmas so tree stays like until happy February. happy Valentine's Day. Right, also, we just decorate it for different seasons, right? That Isn't is, that the point? <laughs> no, it does is, come down. <laughs> it does come down eventually. But definitely till February. Anyway, the presentation's another feast day. We'll get to that another day. But you're going to chalk the door to that, bring you into 2023. Yes, okay. yes this is my reminder to mm-hmm. take home our packet and actually bring our house into 2023. We'll see. The packets are ready to go for church. Okay. We'll see if the McCormicks make it work at home. <laughs> but also, I love Epiphany. Epiphany is one of my very favorite feast days. I just, I love the wonder of it. I love the magic of it. Uh, we actually get three little spiritual gifts for our children to uh, resemble or, or to commemorate the, the Magi coming and bringing Jesus gifts. So sometimes they're medals, sometimes they're little books. That's Our so cute. middle child is really into his saint name, and so he likes to collect things with his saint name. And so we use the epiphany to do spiritual gifts and then to talk about what are our spiritual gifts that we offer back to Jesus through the year. I love that. Um, but basically with the goal of trying to help deepen our spiritual and prayer life. Mm. Do we do that perfectly? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. So if I did not think to buy any gifts for yeah. epiphany, I'm probably... Okay. Absolutely okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. So in my house, mm-hmm. we love, we do, we like to do up the solemnities for sure. My kid's favorite phrase is, it's a feast day. Yeah. Even if they're not sure if it's a feast right. day. So Every day is a feast day. Yeah. So for example, can we have an extra cookie? Yes. No. But it's a feast day? <laughs> like they say it like a question because they're actually not sure <laughs> right. which feast but if, it is or if it's a feast or if we're just an ordinary time. But I love like, that they know that if they throw that in there, mom might actually be like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. It's a feast day, yeah. so we can have one maybe, right? Yeah, so right. for us it's very, um, you know, we have a lot of feasting with food. Mm-hmm. So there's always like a small yeah, dessert same in our house too. or like a special dinner, something like that. Okay, okay, but I like your little gift idea. That is a very nice thought. Yeah. Yeah, but like, again, if you don't have a gift, that's fine too, because it's not about the to-do list. Mm-hmm. It's really just being able to encounter Jesus. And and the reason I love Epiphany isn't because of the gifts, <laughs> but I think it reveals the intimacy about encountering Emmanuel, God with us. Yes. Right, I have this, the Newsboys have a song called Adoration, and it's one of my favorites. I just love the imagery. And so if you don't mind, I'm not going to sing it, I promise. <laughs> but but um, I, I just want to read some of the imagery because to me it it exemplifies that intimacy so well. So there's this little boy basically who's saying he's here with the others who saw the heavens testify, but he's hanging back in the shadows, though he wants to come close and he wants to know. And it says, she sees me shivering here, Mary. You know, and she smiles and with a nod, I walk through the mud and straw to the newborn son of God. And I just think, isn't that the call on all of our lives, right? And Mary's role, yes, amen. too, in the church, going back to last week. That whatever muck and mud is in our life, that we are constantly being invited to come close. Mm-hmm. And that God has come to us in this baby, in this vulnerable child, like the vulnerability of God to take on flesh and to want to be with us, and not just to want to be with us, but to draw us close to him in his vulnerability. Yes, that imagery is so mm-hmm. powerful, and it just it just reminds me of how much of a gift it is 
to have that encounter with Jesus in the Eucharist, like at adoration mm-hmm. um, or going to mass. No pun intended with the name of the song. <laughs> adoration. No. Yes. Yes. Amen. And I just think that there's there's something to be said for um, the gift it is to have him there body, soul, flesh, and divinity, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, I promise I knew those mm-hmm. before I said that. Um, but but my, so my family actually, we started during Advent t- making a holy hour every Tuesday night. I'm sorry, wait, with, with the kids? <laughs> yes. Yes. How does that kids. work? Um, it was good, actually. It's been really beautiful. And they, they loved it so much that like after the first week, they were like, can we do this every week? Like even in Christmas time, oh, even wow. in ordinary time, they just really appreciated it. Now that's my interesting. Th- I was just gonna say because I think when you tell most families that <laughs> that is not their impression of what adoration it should be, terrifying. right? It does. <laughs> well, because we don't want to get yelled at when our kids aren't quiet. You know, like you we go do to holy, church, <laughs> right? Right, and we don't want to be chasing them around with Jesus on the altar. And we just—it's not the image of adoration that comes to mind having having kids with us, little kids especially. Sure. sure. But I. I wonder, too, especially given your experience, if we have a false expectation of -hmm. what it is to come before Jesus, even in adoration, what it is to adore Christ in the Eucharist, and whether there is a spot for our families, just as they are, whether that's with dinosaur noises, quick getaways, Mm -hmm. flying diapers, whatever. And I mean, to go back to your song, you know. Mary beckoned, right? She said, come closer. And and she didn't care that he was dirty or freezing Mm -hmm. or didn't come wearing his best clothes, right? She was like, come closer. And so adoration, yes, it it can be an experience of like silence and prayer. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we're only going to learn how to experience silence, even if it's just silence of heart silence of mind if we're willing to give it a try so i'm not saying that anybody out there should like drag all their kids to adoration for an hour and then just sit there in the pew and beg them to be silent the whole time right that is not what i'm proposing (laughs) but like if you have so if you have littles um you already know that nothing helps us pray more than silence but that that is a very rare and difficult moment to find a, a quiet moment to be prayerful right but if you if you haven't come to adoration with or without your kids, um, I think it's a really great opportunity to give it a try. Yeah. Even if it's only for like five minutes, quick visit, like right. pop in, see Jesus and leave. The idea is to just like realize that when you walk in, something is different, mm-hmm. right? Like the church is quiet. Yeah. There's no music. There's no background music. People aren't getting up and chatting. No one's leaving for a donut. Everything is <laughs> quiet, right? Um, and like at our church, they kind of keep the lights a little mm-hmm. bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um, the the altar is not set for mass, but there's Jesus and the monstrance, and it's right. so beautiful. And that's really what my kids experience. Mm. So like pro tip, start small. Right. Bring a book, a religious book of any kind. My kids love to bring saint stories with mm-hmm. them and read those while they're sitting in front of Jesus. Yeah. Um, really just come with whatever minimal expectation <laughs> <laughs> you can oh, Right, and it doesn't have to be an hour. Like we don't have to make a whole holy hour with our children. Yes. Even ourselves, you know, I think back to one of my best Lents, mm-hmm. best Lent ever. One of my best Lents <laughs> was while Bishop Flores was here in Detroit, we were at an event when I was doing campus and young adult ministry, and he was sharing with us that even five minutes, if you can stop by and see Jesus in the, in the tabernacle or in the monstrance, five minutes a day, that's it. Just five minutes to be in front of the real presence of Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity just had to show me up I there. did. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's right, Nicole. It's all right. I couldn't remember it for class the other night. We're all good. 
<laughs> the tongue gets tied. But even just giving that five minutes to do nothing but to gaze at him and have him gaze at you. Yes. That is such a powerful experience. And I found that the five minutes turned to 10 and the 10 turned to 15. And all of a sudden, all the things I was really busy doing that kept me away from there Mm -hmm. didn't seem as important. And even like with children, when my youngest, I'm sorry, my oldest started school, at that point we had two. And so my younger one at the time would come with me to drop her off. And so we go to our parish school and I would take him after dropping her off and we would go pray in front of the tabernacle and that became a habit and he would ask to go into the chapel with the tabernacle and to just kneel before the tabernacle and to sit in silence. I love that. And And even if you don't make like a separate trip, right? Like you could just stay after mass for a few minutes, like holding off the donut for five minutes. I don't know about that, Nicole. I mean, there is such a thing as hangry, too. That's true. Okay, if they're hangry, I'm not proposing to do that. But, like, yeah, just those few minutes before Mass, after Mass, wherever you can get that in, I just, let's do that. Let's let's not call it a holy hour. Let's call it a holy five minutes. A holy moment. A holy moment. One moment, even. Like, my kids are seven all the way up to 15. Mm -hmm. We have, like, a wide range of, like, neurodiversity happening in our house, right? And so adoration has become enjoyable for us, but only because we were willing to look at what was going to work for us and, like, how my kids already are accustomed to praying Mm -hmm. and how they're already the most comfortable. You know, like you want church to feel kind of like home, but you also want them to know that there's something different and extra special about being there. Right. So like they bring their books, they bring their Bible, sometimes they sit, sometimes they kneel, sometimes one of them maybe lays down a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) I call that resting in the spirit. Right, right. We just, just encouraging them to just listen and hear what God might have to say for them. And and we always say like, Jesus is here right now in the room. Like, just like if you were sitting across from him at the dinner table, this is a great time for you to tell him anything you want or just listen for what he has to say to you. And, and I'll add to like, if you ever had the opportunity to go, I mean, a lot of us have perpetual adoration chapels at our home parishes, but if you ever had the opportunity to go to like a, a a full on holy hour with benediction at the Mm -hmm. end, that experience of like the incense and the bells and singing tantum ergo Mm -hmm. is so beautiful and it really just kind of seals the deal for my kids so maybe you make that holy five minutes the last five minutes (laughs) just to try that out because it it, it's reminiscent right like they already know incense and bells no Mm -hmm. father in his vestments so like seeing even those little pieces are going to feel familiar to them yeah it's a great way to try it out yeah and i think too back to the gospel stories of them encountering jesus in the flesh while he walked the earth everyone had a different encounter everyone. Mm. So God knows, Jesus knows that we're all created differently. So coming to him the same way isn't the goal. The goal is to come. That is so real, right? Because it is going to be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like I like the holy hour with a lot of music and with preaching and maybe some charismatic, some praying in tongues and all of that. Mm -hmm. But other people don't because we all have different spiritualities. That's one thing I love about the church is that she recognizes that each of us is made just a little different. And there are different ways to approach God and to encounter God through Christ. And what a way to lift the pressure off parents. Because Mm -hmm. we always think, like, I think we talked about this last week, like, our kids are kind of, we always think of them as a reflection of us, right? Right. Like, how does that reflect on me? And so we have this level of expectation for, like, how they should behave and what they should do. And so even sometimes we project on them, like, 
I think they should pray the way I pray. Mm-hmm. I think they should worship the way I worship. And that's just not the reality nope. sometimes. No, and I think that's even harder compounded like when you're working for the church. Like we have to remember that our kids don't owe us anything. Mm-hmm. They're going to have their own walk with Jesus, and some of that might be walking away for a little bit, and that's okay. We continue to pray. We continue to invite. We continue to remind them that it is important. But they have to find their own way or it's not their faith. It's not their relationship. And we have that awesome ability to still be Christ in their lives for them, right? To still bring that to them in our encounters with them. Right. We are God's love to them. Amen. What an epiphany that was. (gasps) Very on brand, Rocky. (laughs) Very on liturgical brand. There we go. To give us that. Thank you. No, and I think, too, especially as we're going back to families being afraid to approach adoration as a family because they think that maybe they're a little too noisy, I think we as families need to claim our spot mm-hmm. in the church. We have every right to come before the Lord, even if it isn't how others there might want us to come before the Lord. And that requires a little bit of patience and mercy and forgiveness and, and working out the the nuts and bolts of all of that, like how that looks in the parish to be able to make that opportunity for families to come as they are before the Lord. That's actually a really good point. And I wonder if I'm going to put you on the spot. Here. Oh, dear. I wonder if you have any thoughts on like, let's pretend that mm-hmm. I don't work for the church either. Yeah. Like what 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 could I as a parent who like wants to feel welcome, who wants to bring my kids to have an encounter, mm-hmm. um, who just doesn't feel like their church is very welcoming mm-hmm. to bring little people to adoration or maybe even mass? Like mm-hmm. we could have a whole episode just on horror stories of people oh my yelling goodness. at us with our kids at mass, right? Like, yeah, but wow. I will say to be fair, on the flip side, I think there are a lot of people who go out of their way to then make sure that we feel welcome oh, yes. as well. Amen. But sure, there's Amen. always, but always so like, those at all. Yeah. So like, is there something that we as parents could do? Like, what what would be the best way for us to like approach that at church? Like, would we talk to Father and just be like, hey, we'd love to try I think that's where this. we start, right? Yeah. Or do we have a friend who volunteers a lot at the church who might be mm-hmm. able to go in the back door to mention we'd like to try this for our young families mm-hmm. or families who have different needs uh, neurodiversity issues yes okay i love that but i think too to be bold in our parenting because we are our kids voices sometimes that's hard though it is hard because it's so mortifying Mm -hmm. when your kid is the one making all the noise in church (laughs) all it takes is one other person to be like oh me too I get it. Oh, we're back to that community idea we are, again. But it, and that's what our parishes are meant to be. They're meant to be that community of faith, to walk together, to worship together, to live together, to grow together, to fall together, to dust ourselves off and try again. I mean, there's a reason we're practicing Catholics. None of us are perfect. We're all kind of practicing until we get to heaven. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, though, because I do remember, you know, my, like I said, my kids are a little bit bigger now. Mm-hmm. Like my littlest one is seven. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, she has, like, reason now or something because she's seven. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, she's reached the age of reason. <laughs> right. um, but, but I remember them being younger and um, another parent saying to me, like, in like the line at McDonald's or something like, oh yeah, I wish I could go back to church, but like, it's just so stressful. Mm. And maybe, and I remember saying, and I don't think this was me saying this, right? Like, I think this was totally the Holy Spirit. And I was just like, you should come sit next to me then. Yeah. And we can just be the loud row 
also we take up most of the row so maybe you might have to take the row <laughs> right but hey come sit next to me like that moment of like mm-hmm. we can do this together and having that kind of camaraderie and authentically saying like this is as good as it gets for me but we can we can be just this good together right yeah right we bring everything we've got however bad it looks again he's the redeemer we're not mm-hmm. we bring our imperfect selves into his perfection. Amen. And that's that invitation of epiphany too. Right? No matter the dust, no matter the dirt, no matter the tattered rags, he wants us to come close. So why would our parishes not be a place for that? Mm, I love that. I love that so much. Now, of course, we don't always have to be at church or in front of the Eucharist to encounter Jesus in a profound way. He is always with us. He reminds us that wherever two or more are gathered, he is there. He's in our homes, in our schools, not to mention we're tabernacles of the Holy Spirit. So we bring Jesus with us wherever we go and we encounter Jesus in one another. So that reminds me of the first time I told my kids that were little tabernacles when we leave mass and they, my now 11 year old looked at me and he literally said to me, mind alone. Oh like gosh. that was just, that was the thing that did it for him. He was mm-hmm. like, I never thought about that before. I can't believe you just said that. How have I, how have I never thought about it in this way before? I mean, um, it was you're, just. You're 11. Yeah. <laughs> it was so, right, yeah. it, but it was, it Profound. was so real for him to yeah. think about that. Like it had never occurred to him that he was literally bringing right. Jesus into the world when he stepped out of those doors. Yeah. Like St. Gianna used to say, you know, we are the monstrance. We are the vessel that carries Jesus <laughs> yes. out into the world. Yeah. Um, and I think. One way for our family, especially because I think maybe this is a family charism or maybe I just really want it to be a charism. And so I'm declaring it. I'm making it so. (laughs) But I I, and I think it's because of how I came into the church. I think of Jesus reminding us that he's present among the least. Yeah. So wherever the least among us is, he is vividly present. And so living out our mission to love one another through the works of mercy, help us to encounter the presence of Christ in a profound way as well. So it's not just kneeling before the altar, maybe it is serving the poor in some way or reaching out to the prisoners or I'm going to forget which saint it is though that said, you know, sometimes we have to leave the altar to be present to the presence of Christ at home. Oh my gosh, that was St. Francis of Rome. That's it. Love her. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amen. And that, is, and that speaks so much to us as parents, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes we think to ourselves like, I don't, I don't have time to go and serve the poor and right. and be, you know, at the homeless shelter or at the food pantry, but we are doing that in so many ways mm-hmm. in our homes, right? That is beautiful, but also like if we do have time, if we do have that ability, it's a great way to get our kids doing right. something very tangible and real and having a real like immersive experience mm-hmm. where they see how being little tabernacles can be so meaningful. Yeah. Wow. Or even just noticing the least among us among us like that they are around we don't have to go to the homeless shelter that we can in our daily life encounter people who are in need yes and so it's then on us to bring jesus wow so listen families this week we're getting ready for epiphany here it's a great time not only to chalk the door and celebrate the hold on let me get out my to-do list real quick and remind (laughs) myself Chuck the door. Chuck the, the door. Next week, we're going to check back in and make sure that she really did chuck the door, by the way. And mm-hmm. also that her Christmas mm-hmm. tree is still standing. Okay, so we're going to chuck the door. 
if we if we can and we're going to celebrate the solemnity of the epiphany but also like see if you can find some small way that works for you where you are to encounter jesus go look for him in adoration in yourselves as little tabernacles and or in others whatever way you you can do that but if you are thinking about going to adoration you can find a list um, of different locations to go to adoration right through the archdiocese of detroit at adorationfinder.org thank you for listening to beyond sunday we hope this episode reminds you that god is always present and in our midst waiting to reach out and offer himself to us Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.